Welcome to this episode of Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming to you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Great episode today. We have SAS author, podcaster, and occasional misanthrope, Juliet Miranda. You may recognize her as the host of the Unwritable Rant podcast, which is a fantastic podcast. A couple episodes back, her husband and executive producer of the Unwritable Rant. Uh, David was on the show with our good friend, Dwight Hurst, who was our guest host for that episode. And... God damn it, do they not just seem like the most fun couple in the entire world. Uh, Julia is a, a true raconteur. I started listening to the Unrivaled Rant. I found them through the Powdered Family hashtag, which I also love. And, uh, you know, the first I listened to a lot of their celebrity interview episodes, and I really like those. But then I started just listening to the episodes where Juliet would just rant, and, and she really is just a raconteur. She's just such a good fucking storytelling. And in this episode, we kind of dig deep into... Uh, her love of storytelling. I mean, obviously she's an author, uh, you know, a professional author, which is hard. And uh, it's just, it's cool. It was kind of fun to hear stories and then kind of get to dig deep a little bit about her past working uh, in the music industry. Uh, Juliet had a cold this night. Uh, you can't tell, but she, we, she uh, what a trooper. I mean, I would have been like, fuck this, can't do your podcast, I'm sick. But she rallied and I know we just had a wonderful time. So it's a really wonderful episode. Um if you haven't already, check out the Unwritable Rant podcast. Check out her essays. Check out her books. Um, just, I mean, she's a she's a great brand. I mean, I'm a just such a huge fan of her and uh, the work they're putting out. Their website is morningneurosis.com. Uh, you can find them on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, uh, also on impnation.com and radiovegas.rocks. Uh, those are radio stations. Uh, just cool stuff. I I feel like. There's a lot of really cool Potter and Family sh- shows in the Potter and Family hashtag, and this is one of them that's going to get picked up. And uh, I'm calling it right now. This is the next like NPR, WTF, Marin TV show. S- something good is going to come out of this podcast because they are so good and great content. They're as nice as could be. I swear to God, they must be like the best people to hang out with at a bar, uh, and they just are just making good good products. So. So check it out if you haven't already. Uh, as for me, you can find you can find this on uh, I'm on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, uh, soon to be YouTube. Uh, do me a huge favor if you like the show, please leave a good review on iTunes, um, and not just like a bullshit one like like a show, but if you actually like it, please leave a good review. Uh, that would mean a lot, and let me know you do, and I will do something nice to get back to you. Um, I don't know what, but I will try something. Uh, anyway. Uh, make sure you follow Julia on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, let's get to it. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Pop This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com. Well, I mean, your show, I mean, that's that's the good stuff right here. Let's talk about your show. I mean, you have uh, actual celebrities on your show. So, I'm like, when you have, like, Don McLean on, you, you don't uh, 
bury the lead with that. <laughs> like, all right. No, no. I, I try definitely when I'm interviewing people too. When you're actually interviewing. Get their, yeah, yeah, get their story up front. But I mean, if you listen to like my own personal early episodes, they're really, they're a little bit on the longer side. They're more rambling. I'd really like to take them out back and shoot them personally, but. That's a sign of, uh, that's, I've, I've been told that's a sign of growth. Like you should be embarrassed by your earlier episodes. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess I would be concerned if I wasn't. But. Yeah. Like, wow. What if we had both had the opposite? Wow, our shows got really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I was great in episode seven. What happened around 60? I just fucking gave up. Well, yeah, you either give up or you get too cocky about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, both yeah. are problems. I've had both moments where I'm like, things are going great. But, but are they? But are they? Uh, so I um, your your husband was on. Uh, relatively recently, and in my head, I was going to have you guys both on and post them a week apart. Didn't happen that way, but you're, they will be one, they'll be two weeks apart, but I am happy that it happened. But I, I had been listening to your show for a while, and for so long, I've had you on this list of like, oh, I'm going to ask her on, and then I'd always get nervous, I'm like, oh, she's going to say no, and then just never did, so I'm glad that we finally did it. Yeah, me too. No, I'm real happy to be doing this, and I know David had a great time too, so. Yeah, it uh, you guys are uh, uh, the podcast and power couple, apparently. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but <laughs> yeah, no, he was a ton of fun. We had our buddy Dwight, my buddy Dwight, uh, when I cook, he came in to guest host, and it was just uh, just a bunch of uh, dudes being very silly, which is everything I love in life. Yeah, hey, that's fun. It's all good. So, where do you hail from? Because I assumed that you guys were like in Nashville or something, but I was wrong. I know everybody assumes that I am from the South, uh, but I am about the closest from the South I am is the South side of Chicago. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do spend a lot of time in the South, so I think I just sort of picked up a little bit of that cadence. I have that. If I go to like anywhere with an accent, I kind of steal it if I'm there for well, too, too long. Yeah, you know, you soak up the atmosphere so much, and I love the South. I love it so much. New Orleans, Nashville, they're like my favorite places on this planet. So, you know, spending all this time there just kind of, you know, soaked up into me. Now, so you're ac you're actually from Chicago, Chicago? I am. From the city. I, I've actually never been to Chicago, but I very much want to. I was supposed to go once. It didn't get to happen. And uh, but I've had friends from there. I've just heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, it's a great place to be in, you know, I'd say June through October. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, <laughs> the weather is a little bit brutal. You really, you got to have a, a, a tough outer shell to man it sometimes. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I, li I, I live in Providence, so it's like great. And then we retreat for about three to four months and don't see anyone. Like, hey, go inside. Catch yeah, that's that's later. what we do here. You know, the the entire winter season, we're pretty much just holed up in the house. It's, you know, it's too cold outside to do anything. It's gotten easier with uh, streaming, so that's been helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's like the window to the world. Yeah, I remember there was one winter we got snowed in for about four days, and it was right when they released the season one of House of Cards. And oh, well, you're set then. Four days of just House of Cards. I'm like, well, can't leave. I literally can't leave the house because the streets aren't plowed. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, as long as you've got that. And we've got a Binnie's walking distance from the house. So, uh, you know, between that. What's and a Binnie's? Ben a Binnie's? Oh, it's it's our uh, Chicago area liquor store. It's pretty oh, much okay, a liquor superstore. Mm. Uh, it's huge. I mean, think of like, you know, a Walmart that's just full of booze. So you guys call them liquor stores where you are. We do. Yeah. What do you call them? Well, it. 
I think this is what I found out. I grew up in Connecticut, and we call them package stores. And I think we're the only ones in the country who did that. I've heard liquor store frequently, but we would always call them packy runs. And I think I've been correct me if I'm wrong if anyone's listening, but we had really weird blue laws in Connecticut. Like up until very recently, you couldn't buy booze test eight, couldn't buy it on Sunday, and I don't think you couldn't buy you couldn't sell it in grocery stores. You couldn't you still can't sell in grocery stores, can't sell in gas stations. So I think they weren't allowed to have liquor stores, so they bypassed it by calling oh, it a package store. Oh, I get so it. They probably sold like tape, but then it's all <laughs> booze, and you can buy Scotch tape or something stupid. Um, we have we have got some counties here where uh, you can't buy booze before noon on Sundays, and then if you go up north, like towards Wisconsin, I know they've got some dry towns up there. Mm. So yeah, that that, is, that just strikes me as odd. Like I'm not a drinker, but I still want the right to buy. Damn well, it. right, exactly. I mean, we all know from experience that telling somebody they can't do something is just going to make them want to do it more. Oh, God, yeah. That's <laughs> just pitting my childhood. <laughs> exactly. Like, fuck, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, that's that's so great. And so what, you're also a an author. I am, yeah. Was I published my first? first book a couple of years ago. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Wow, that's hard. Oh, it is. It is. I wouldn't recommend anybody try it. <laughs> I really wouldn't, unless you are some sort of masochist, because being a writer is truly painful. Do you uh, enjoy the writing process? Because I've heard other people say, like, I've heard, I've heard, like, I hate writing, but I love had written is like a common phrase writers say. Yes, that's that's a very accurate way to describe it, because as much as I love, you know, the fact that I'm putting words down and telling a story, it is incredibly grueling. And, you know, it's it's really hard because you get wrapped up in this little world and it, it's sometimes hard to separate yourself from it. So which comes first, the author or being an author or the podcast? I'm trying to well, learn I've, your timeline. I've kind of... um. I've kind of woven them into one now. I mean, I started off as a writer. I mean, it's something I've been doing since I was a kid. But what I love right now is the fact that I'm able to kind of create these stories only instead of having them in print format. It's something I get to tell. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's what a great way to brand and market yourself right now. It's like to do the whole the whole wraparound because I would imagine like like someone like me, um, I'm just not like an avid reader would have never found your book but now the, but I would listen to your podcast and now exactly and yeah well, that was that was my whole inspiration really with the podcast was that I was so frustrated as a writer because it, you know the whole literary industry right now is kind of in upheaval you know people aren't reading the same way they used to books aren't really as popular as they once were you know and even though I'm a published author right now it's still incredibly difficult for me to secure another book deal because you know, it's just they're they're overly cautious about who they publish. Yeah, it's the so, music industry. It is absolutely. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a tough time. So I, I I commend and I think it's so smart that you like broke kind of cut through the noise. Well, I and I love it. You know, this is so much fun. Podcasting is a blast. I, I yeah, and you never done like radio or anything in the past. Not really. No, I mean um. I actually, I got my, my college degree in communications and my initial goal was to move out to Los Angeles and become a VJ on MTV. Mm. Oh man, that is awesome. <laughs> I would talk about like an ill-fated career move. Oh yeah. Of, like, I'm sure <laughs> well, in, there's in, some of our audience now is like, a what? Yeah. In hindsight, I'm kind of glad that didn't work out for me. Um, but I mean, it, you know, it took me out to Los Angeles. I did some infomercials and I still to this day do a little bit of work in commercials just for, you know, fun and some pocket change. But 
Um, I'd never actually done anything like podcasting before. Oh, I want to hear about this L.A. time. Let's go back. Oh, all right. What do you so, want to know? So you like post-college, you moved out there like the second I graduated college, I hopped in my car and I drove to Los Angeles. Awesome. And so what was that experience like? Is it like the uh, just the typical tale that everyone tells? Well, you know what? Pretty much. I mean, I work. I went out there and, you know, I got a whole lot of different jobs doing, you know, production work. Um, and then I started working for a couple different record labels, you know, really because being a writer, I'd been writing since I was I'd actually been writing professionally since I was 16. I started submitting articles to local newspapers wow. and magazines and such. So I had a little bit of a portfolio built up already, which enabled me to get a couple of gigs with some record labels. Um, so, I mean, for a while it was okay, but then, you know, it just, it kind of fell apart. You know, I, I was laid off from a bunch of different jobs. Oh. Uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was starting to become too difficult to get even remotely close to what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I had a job opportunity back out in Chicago that just, you know, kind of brought me back home. So what, can you, are you allowed to say what labels you worked at? You know what? I can't only because I still talk about them in the podcast sometimes. Sure. No, completely so, understand. <laughs> uh, that's kind of what I do with the show, though, is I kind of put a little bit of a twist on everything. I give people nicknames. You know, I, I talk about stuff that I've done, but I, I twist it around so that you can't really identify it too closely because, Smart. you know, I don't want to get a lawsuit. No, no, of course. But uh, without saying names or getting into too many details, like, What's the? I, I'm just fascinated by music industry stuff. So what? What's that experience working in like labels in LA in that time frame? Well, it was great because hair bands were kind of you know at the height of their popularity. So I got to work with some of you know the biggest hair bands you yep. can think of. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, I toured with some of them. I did tour publicity for a bunch of them. Uh, oh, so you like a PR person? I was, yeah. Oh, okay. Now this is making sense. Uh, is being a PR person for a band is. Not is it not as romanticized and exciting as it? It's terrible. Yeah. Okay. It's, it is it's a lot of awful, clean, thankless, grueling job. Yeah. <laughs> just don't that, even think about doing it. It's terrible for the time frame that you're doing it. Like I, I'm just gonna imagine the bands that you're working with, even if they're. And not, you're probably right. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, this, just the cleanup crew, because I mean, if, like historically, I mean, this these are. This is the peak of sex, drugs, rock and roll. Uh, AIDS, AIDS can't kill us, and let's go to town. And then I watched it behind the music. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is all of that. And if you, when you listen to my podcast, I start talking about some of my ex boyfriends. Some of them, you know, you might know who they are. Oh, David's listening. He's like, oh, no. oh, he he knows all of my stories. It's all oh. right. I could never say anything that he doesn't already know. That's the sign of a good relationship. <laughs> that's 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 funny because. Uh, God, and then when Nirvana comes in and like grunge comes in, it's like peace out hair metal, and now a lot of those bands are like the country fair acts. Yeah, I know, I know, and that kind of drives me crazy because I country music is really my heart. I mean, that's what I love. So, mm-hmm. you know, seeing some of the, these bands come back around trying to be country kind of annoys me. Yeah, why is that a thing? You know, it's I think rock music kind of hit a wall. You know, there mm-hmm. wasn't really anybody innovating. Uh, you know, pop music is just so manufactured that people wanted to get back to a very, you know, roots oriented sound. So country kind of was already on the rise. And this just gave it, you know, the weight that it needed to really make an impression in the scene. You know, and now you've got so many country stars who are, you know, just as big as anybody. I mean, you look at like Blake Shelton. He's pretty mm. much, you know, the face of country music right now. 
Yeah, it, it will blow my mind. And I, I, that's so funny you say that because I, I kind of come from like the punk rock scene. Uh, but we all did the same thing. And, but then we all got into these like indie folk artists where they were just like, like Frank Turner, who has toured with, uh, everyone from like Green Day to, uh, Chris Stapleton because he does, he's this Englishman. He came from a hardcore band and he does like this acoustic folk punk and he could tour with country artists. And I love him, but, uh, it's kind of, we did the same thing. It's like, Pop is too manufactured, and there's no everyone else is just the same. Let's go back to the basics. And right, exactly. I mean, it really is just one big cycle. So I'm kind of looking forward to when country takes a step back again. Mm. You know, because right now it's taking on that same sort of manufactured feel with these, you know, Florida Georgia Line ripoff bands, you know, <laughs> Cole Swindell and all of them. You know, it's yeah. not really true country. So, That's you know, true. once once the popularity dies down a little bit, it'll go back to where it belongs, and then I will be happy. And, like, as much as I enjoy Taylor Swift, I don't think she has put out a country record in a number of years. Oh, heavens, no. <laughs> she's just straight pop. <laughs> she is, absolutely. And, you know what, if that's where she's found her voice, then good for her. But uh, she definitely can't claim country music as her own anymore. Have you heard the Ryan Adams cover album that he did of 1979? I have not, no, but I do like him. It's really good. Like he like makes a like, kind of a folky rock version of her songs, and I, I love covers. I think it's just a, a good cover song should just it, it's the best. And I think he does a good job, but he doesn't do it in this ironic way. I actually feel like I projected, but it just feel like he actually likes the songs and he takes the structures and kind of plays with them. And she's a good song. I think she's a great songwriter, and I think she, I, I I enjoy her, and I really like the versions that he does with, with her music. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely worth like putting on one day, and you might like kind of like, oh, all right, I like this. Yeah, I'd be very curious to hear how he would do it. Yeah, he had some interesting spots where he like slows certain stuff down, and just really, I, I, I nothing I love more than like a slow stripped down version of a song. Like, oh yeah, it's I, I'm a huge fellow music nerd, so the. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've turned into one of those people. Like, I recently got a, like my wife got me a record player for my birthday this year. Oh, yeah, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're busting at the turntable. Yeah, and I, I was talking to like, and my dad's super excited about it. And I was kind of explaining to him like, well, it's you know, it's great. I could digitize everything, so I still have access to it whenever I want. And then like when I want to sit home and like, it's 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 like going to the record store. It's, it's like the same idea like when I would buy a book. It's like it's almost about the idea that I'll have time to sit down and just listen to a record. Oh, absolutely. It's the whole experience of it. I mean, I think that's the one thing that I miss the most with the way music is digitized now is that, you know, I don't have that opportunity to sit down and read the liner notes. You know, I I don't get to start doing, you know, I don't get to start digging into who produced it and who wrote what. You know, now it's just, it's so immediately consumable that you lose that tactile experience. It's so funny that we all kind of, people like in large droves have been going backwards and vinyl is like selling. It's huge. There are record stores everywhere now. Yeah, I live right in Providence. We have a ton. And like, and, and all the vintage stuff, there's just vintage records everywhere I go now too. Like, oh yeah. I book every books, every small mom and pop bookstore around here will have like a little section of records. And I've been finding like these old comedy records and stuff. I've got like some Lily Tomlins and George Carlins and just like, uh, I even found some like weird, like, national lampoon radio play stuff oh i love those yeah yeah, it's cool my dad would be like why do you have shecky bernhardt i was like oh no i heard him on a podcast i guess i gotta (laughs) learn i gotta learn the history and i think you know parents like i tried to show you this and you didn't give a shit 
Well, I know, I know. It's funny how much you appreciate that stuff when you see, you know, how unfortunate it can be otherwise. <laughs> but so the, the LA is great. So then you come back to Chicago. Um, so when did, were you, when did you and uh, David get married in that time frame? Is this post LA? Oh yeah. Way, way post yeah. LA. Um, I've been back from Los Angeles for a good, oh gosh, I don't even know. Um, not 20 years yet, but it's, it's in the teens. Yeah. Maybe 15 years. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, and David and I have been together for nine years coming up the summer. So, yeah. Uh, and then, so, so that's interesting. So then you're, you're back in, uh, Chicago region. And then, uh, I, I'm still just fascinated by your podcast because I, I feel like, it's the it's of all like the Potter and Family shows. It's the one I feel like is breaking out a lot. At least it appears that way. I mean, you were on, that's nice of you to say. You were on TV. <laughs> I was. I was. That was really a cool experience. I I kept wanting to look at them and be like, "You guys realize I'm just a podcaster from Chicago, right?" I mean, it was um it was a blast. I I had had uh, Joey Canyon on my show earlier in the summer and. Uh, I was just I was really impressed by his TV show. And when it got renewed for a second season, he called me up and said, hey, you know, I would love to have you on the show just to talk about podcasting and, you know, what you're doing with your show. I think it would be great. And I'm like, absolutely. So, you know, they they flew me out. Oh, my God. Uh, And I will tell you the coolest thing that happened. And this is so ridiculous and stupid, but they had a driver pick me up at the airport holding a sign with my name on it and the show, the TV show's name underneath it. That must have felt so <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, I realize it's completely, you know, it, it's so ridiculous and overblown, but it's one of those things where you're just like, wow, yeah, cool. This is, this is for me. I, I, it's probably, and only like, a, you probably only have a circle of friends who will understand that story. Like, I'm sure like you're at Thanksgiving and you're like, oh, you do a podcast. You're like, but I got flown to the airport and they're waiting for me. And right. I was like, uh-huh, sure thing, Julia. Uh-huh. Oh, I know. Well, you know, like my parents, they don't know what a podcast is. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. You're happy, I, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm like, you know, they flew me out to Colorado. My dad's like, did you have to pay for the plane tickets? And such a like, dad. No. <laughs> He's like, well, why would they want you? <laughs> like, thanks, dad. Gee, dad. I don't know. Podcast, never heard of it. <laughs> Which is funny because I think like uh, a, a larger, older generation would love them because so many of my memories as a kid were just sitting around listening to the radio. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of my dad's favorite uh, storytellers is Gene Shepard. Now, Gene Shepard is the person who wrote and narrated the movie A Christmas Story. You know, it's played on TBS all, all winter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Much. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, well, Gene I... Shepard is an author, so that movie is based off of one of his books. Oh. And he used to do radio plays, uh, and he used to write for Playboy magazine. I mean, the guy is a tremendous mm. you know, essayist and storyteller, and he's one of my dad's favorites. So I kind of had to put it in that perspective for my dad. I'm like, well, Dad, I'm doing the same thing that Gene Shepard did. And he's <laughs> like, and then it kind of clicked a little yeah. bit. Oh, okay. I get it. And pe- he's like, and people you don't know listen? He's like, yeah. yeah. exactly. He's like, strangers are listening? Isn't that dangerous? I'm like, no, <laughs> no dad, God. it's not. I'm not telling them where I live, you know? <laughs> that would be so weird. If- 
And then I think if I, 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 I like would, was way more guard in the beginning. And I mean, I don't say my address or anything, but then I, I'm not, and I never would, but then there's a part of me who knows that if, even if I said my address out loud, nothing would happen because no one cares. <laughs> you know, you, you can't say that. There's always that one person who does. You don't know where they are. That's you true. don't know when they're listening, but they're there. There's a, a podcast, uh, Facebook group that I've got invited into and it's been really great. And then, uh, a, a gentleman I met through Twitter and we both happen to live in the same city. So he's, we've, he's been on my show. His name's Jacob Haller. Great guy. And so the, we're going to this like, uh, PRX podcast meetup in Boston next month. So I was like, Oh yeah, we should carpool. And we've never met. So I was like, Oh yeah. So I live here. And he's like, dude, I live one street over from you. <laughs> oh my God. What that's a small crazy. world. Wow. We've never seen each other and we live in, in Providence is small. It's no Chicago. So it's like, you know. It's a small city, and it's just so funny that I'm like, really? and I, I just had moved here in July. I was like, wow, that's wow, that's something. Like, what a small fucking world that we well, can be know, neighbors and not know each other, but then we can communicate as strangers on the podcast, and now we're like going to become real life friends. It's so crazy the way that works. We actually, uh, you know, I talk about my neighbors on the podcast every so often, <laughs> and I had one of my neighbors come up to me and say, hey, I love your podcast. Now, he wasn't somebody that I've been talking about, but I'm looking at the guy. I've never spoken to him before in my life. I don't even know his name, yet he knew enough to come up to me and be like, be like I love your show. And I'm thinking, wow, that's awesome and weird. How would he find it? I have no idea. Now, he may have just heard, you know, me and David sitting out on the driveway talking about it one day mm -hmm. and just said, oh, hey, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe he's just a podcast guy. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's get real. I mean, your show isn't also like a, you are having some really big names out there, so you should get some good reach. So I guess it's not impossible. But how cool is that? It's it's weird. It's a little disconcerting. Yeah, then you're like, ooh, what should I not say? <laughs> right. You know, I'm starting to think, my God, you know, maybe he knows, you know, the people that I'm talking about on the show. You know? <laughs> and then you always wonder, like, you know, because I talk about ex-boyfriends and stuff. So I start to think, are they listening? You know, do, do they know that I'm talking about them? And, you know, if they did, would they be able to put the pieces together? It's just it's weird. Yeah, I've had one person tell a story about an ex that got back to them and I got a not. So and this is someone I knew from my real life, and I got a not uh, not nicely written letter or message to remove it. Really? Um, but I was like, all right, and I gladly removed the part that they wanted removed, and that was it. But wow. yeah, and this is like 170 something episodes in, so so far, only the one. <laughs> <laughs> but no neighbors. Like you never know when it'll strike. But. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've moved away from having people I know on and actual like uh, people I think. Like I, I started with just having friends and then I – it's been like a slow evolution to get to where I think I – I didn't even think I could ever get to where I am but where I want to be now. And now like I only want people on who have something to like promote or plug or sure. a reason to be here. Um, right. And, and one great thing I think about podcasting, which I will insult myself, and uh, it is very male-dominated and it's so refreshing to have more female voices out there. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, I really I'm surprised there aren't more women doing this because it's such an incredible platform. Oh, it's so much fun. And yeah, do you who's there's like the there's a couple hashtags like pod she or she pod to like kind of connect them, which are fun. And so I was like, oh, that's great. I think um, we both got write ups in HuffPo by our our good pal uh, Mark Hershaw. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's right. Yeah, I actually I was like I so moved. I was like, I actually invite him on my show. And then he said yes, 
and he is just the nicest guy in the world. That's awesome. I've never actually spoken with him personally, but when I saw that review pop up, I was just, I was blown away. Yeah, I think that's probably where I got my sentence. I was like, wait, I think I read this. <laughs> yeah, I think Mark wrote that. And I was like, yeah, it is true. It's nice to see her, like, refreshing to have a, a female podcast that, and, and a good one on top of it. Well, and I think, I think a lot of women are maybe hesitant to do it solo. You know, they feel like they need to have a co-host to bounce things off of. So, yeah. you know, I would really encourage any woman to just give it a try. I mean, you would be surprised how strong your voice can be if you just give yourself that freedom. So in terms of your show, because you guys had some really great guests, and uh, and I even said this to David, I, I you're a fantastic interviewer, and you have such great respect for your guests, because like, you talk to um, Ari Shafir and then Lisa, and I, I think I said this to David, I found your show, and it was, you had, I found it because you had the showrunner for the Muppets on. Oh, the, Kristen, yes. Yes, and I was like, oh, great, and I looked through it, and I saw Ari Shafir, who I love, and uh, Lisa Ann, the porn star. And you talk to each one of them the exact same way. Like, the respect you had for Lisa Ann was the same exact respect you had for Ari Shafir. And I was like, oh, that's that's skill. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, they're just people, you know, who have great stories to tell. You know, so that's kind of what I'm here for is just to give them that opportunity to talk about who they are and what they do. And, you know, if if I, you know, show them, you know, my respect, then they're going to give that back and give me, you know, great stories. Yeah, and I, I think I probably said this to David too, but like when you had Ed Bagley Jr. on, I was listening to your interview. I was like, wow, Juliet is so good because all I can think of right now is making Veronica Mars and Arrested Development jokes to this gentleman. <laughs> and all he wants to do is talk about the, in, the environment. Well, you know, it's hard sometimes because when I'm talking to people that I really do, you know, love their work, like Chuck Negron from Three Dog Night. I love that band. I have loved them since the first time I heard mm -hmm. them as a kid. You know, it was really hard for me to maintain my professionalism a little bit because <laughs> I wanted to geek out. I wanted to be like, your voice is amazing. You know, I just, it's hard to suck that in. But, you mm -hmm. know, that's part of my role and what I'm doing is to be, you know, professional. This isn't about me. I have to take myself out of it and make sure that I'm making it about my guest. Did you ever see the old SNL sketch with Chris, sketch with Chris Farley and Paul McCartney? Um, I don't think so. Oh, it's so funny. It's it's Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney of the Beatles, and he just does the well, everything you're not supposed to do. He's like, um, uh, so you uh <laughs> wrote uh 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 let it be, and Paul McCartney's like, oh yes, I did write that song. That was awesome. Like just very Chris Farley, and I, I feel <laughs> right. Like, I, that's I imagine I've had that experience on here as well. Uh, and it's just like uh, when we both had um Michael Price on, and I'm just like Simpsons fanatic, and it was a whole time I'm like. Don't freak out. Don't ask. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. <laughs> You're just talking to someone who wrote for your favorite show of all time. Really it's cool. hard, but, you know, it's, yeah. that's what you do. Yeah, and then people are nice, and then people are just gracious with their time and their stories. And, I mean, with Ed Bagley Jr. alone, I mean, you could spend an hour on every one of his roles. I mean, from all oh, the gosh, guest yeah. movies to just he's like, and he's in everything. He's in like a one-off, like I was watching West Wing recently, and he was yep. in episode of West Wing, and then he's in um, Rest Development, one of my favorite shows of all time, and mm -hmm. as the Alpecia guy, it just blows my mind. Oh, I know. It's like with Eric Roberts. Oh my I, god, he's in everything. He is in everything. I was watching an episode of Suits the other night, and I'm like, oh, that's Eric <laughs> Roberts, you know? And it, It's crazy having that connection to these people. Yeah, it's getting kind of fun. Um, 
my wife finds it annoying whenever I'm like, oh, they've been on the podcast. Oh, they're coming <laughs> on the podcast. Right. Yeah, you can play six degrees of separation yeah. with yourself, you know. <laughs> oh, either email, no big deal. <laughs> right. And it's not, but it is. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a little, you know, memento of something that you've accomplished. It is a big deal. Uh, yeah, especially like if you're like, this isn't our professions or, or it's not mine at all. Like I work in a, for a, a, a behavior health company. So this is like my, my, my hobby. So it's like, it's cool. Like I did one of those Facebook, there's this thing on Facebook, like the top 10 albums that changed your life in your like teens. And I was looking through it and I've like, huh, I've had, now I've had three members or three. Yeah. Like I've had three members of the bands of my favorite albums of all time. And they weren't like super famous, but like to me, I was like, well, that meant a lot to me to get to talk to the person who wrote like my favorite song at a certain age. And it, it's, oh, absolutely. It's yeah. I mean, it, it really, it's, it just, it feels good. It feels like you've accomplished something. Oh yeah. So are you guys, do you guys get to go out to a lot of the Chicago comedy scene? The IO We do. Yeah. We oh, just saw great. Dave Attell not too long ago. Oh, isn't um, he great? He's, he's awesome. He's so funny. You guys yeah, got to get him on your show. I, you know what, we're, we're hoping to. I don't know if it's going to happen, uh, cause I, I don't think he's got anything that he's promoting right now, but the mm. second he does, we're going to get in there and try to bring him on. Yeah, I, I, I think me and Dwight were just trying to like harass David, like, so how do we get celebrities? What, did you see, uh, David's, um, YouTube, uh, special that he did? It's, it's incredible. He truly, he outlines exactly what he does to book our guests. I mean, it is a step by step primer on how to book a celebrity guest. It's incredible. I had every intention of watching it and uh, I was promoting it. I was so excited. And then um, uh, we could sidestep the politics stuff, but there was a rally in Providence and my wife and I felt that we had to go because uh. the Muslim ban and it was at the same time. And I was like, uh, but he well, said it's know, on his YouTube channel. I actually it's wrote there, today. so you can yeah. watch it anytime. Oh, yeah. I'm totally going to watch it because I was like, how do you, I'm like, how the fuck do you guys do this? This mind blows my mind. <laughs> he outlines everything. I mean, truly, it, this is, it's like going to school. It's perfect. It's so great. And hey, it just, it seems like you guys are just having so much fun doing it. We really are. I mean, for something that started off kind of as a whim for us, you know, it, it's brought us together, you know, as a couple, Aww. you know, it, yeah. it's something that we share together and that we're, you know, really excited about. We get to support each other, you know, doing our, our own separate parts for the show. And, you know, just for me personally, it's incredibly satisfying to have this new creative outlet that people seem to be responding to. Now, I'm hoping that it's led to some book sales, too, because, like, it's helping you identify, like, kind of become a brand. It has. Yeah. Uh, I it, And that's a funny side effect because I truly didn't go into this thinking that would happen. So your intentions are pure and then greatness came out of it. <laughs> well, it's, something like that, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> Isn't that the best, though? Like, when it's just something you just you, you find your passion for. Like, oh, yeah. And then it has a good side effect. Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's what I do love about your show is that you always are, uh, you're, is, is it called, fair to call yourself a bourbon nerd? Do people well, I, use I the word nerd with, in the booze community? I'm sure people do. I, I just love bourbon. Yes. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert by any means. I just talk about the stuff that I like in it. You know, it's, it's fun to drink. And I'm, you know, being a writer, I like to really delve into things and figure out, you know, what makes them tick. Uh, so, you know, with bourbon, it's cool just to, you know, see so many different varieties and so many different flavors and, you know, just have this cool experience with it. And I feel like, 
you know, there's nothing that really brings people together more than just, you know, kind of hanging out and sharing stories over, you know, whether it's cocktails or food, you know, it just kind of brings people together. Oh yeah. And it's, it's the best. I mean, that's, I feel like at the core, like a podcast, uh, can just be the campfire. It's like a digital campfire in a way sometimes. Oh, it is for sure. That's, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to have this new medium where, you know, we, we get to communicate with each other in full sentences, you know, mm-hmm. without a character limit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just share these experiences that kind of bond us. Yeah. My, my wife and I are talking about that, uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, like just kind of recently, like we started going to the flea market where we live. And we started buying all this like antique furniture and, um, and then all of a sudden we're like, why do we like all this older stuff? And it, it and then we were like, um, it's just like stuff like that, like that. It was like, it, you know, the whole idea is like, oh, you know, they make things to last back then, but they did. So then it started with furniture and then like, so we're, um, having a baby, uh, in May. And, oh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Very, very excited. Uh, so this Saturday we were touring this hospital. Which is a small community hospital, and uh, this will all make sense, I promise. <laughs> but um, so it's like kind of midwife driven, and they're like talking about the the, the like all these new techniques and birthing. And as the woman at the hospital, she goes, "Well, actually, none of these things are new. It's just just things cycle. Like this is actually how they used to do it in the 1800s or whatever. And then we kind of even out with stuff. Like same thing with music. And now we're kind of go." You go back to basics and you take some of that technology and you mix it together. So it, it, it always kind of shocks me that like podcasting is the same thing. We just kind of went backwards, but yeah, but absolutely. New. You know, it's, it's just kind of the, the way the world works. So in the beginning, you said you spent a lot of time in the South. Is that because you have family down there? Or? No, not at all. Uh, it's fun? just, it was just for travel and mm. it happened to be something that I've really personally responded to. And uh, David loves it as much as I do. So we make sure that every year, you know, we spend as much time in New Orleans as we can or, you know, Nashville doing, you know, all the the, uh, sites there and just, you know, getting to know it as if we were, you know, from there. That's like Airbnb kind of thing, like like go there and actually feel like you live there. Well, that's what I like to do, because in a place like New Orleans, you know, you don't really get the true experience of it if you're just there, you know, for a day or two, mm. you know, walking up and down Bourbon Street. There's so much more to it. It's really about culture and about people and, mm. you know, it, the history of the area. And, you know, that's that's why I love being there, because everybody has such an amazing story to tell anywhere you go. You know, if you just sit down and give somebody the right smile, you know, you're going to have a friend for life. Yeah, I, I want to go there so bad. It just looks like my wife has been twice and never with me. So that's on our bucket list of places to go in this country. I think everybody should go there at least once. I mean, just just to see it and to experience, you know, what the whole area feels like. It's truly unlike any other place in the world. Yeah. One of my really good friends, his father was a traveling salesman type or like, you know, corporate, but, you know, he crisscrossed the country and the world multiple times. So I was talking to him like, so James, what's like your favorite city in America? And I was really just, I don't know, I, I usually you get New York or LA or Toronto or just something like that. And he's like, he like paused for a second and like took a sip. He's like, New Orleans. And he goes, it's the only city I've ever been in this country where I didn't feel like I was in my own country. And I loved every second of it. Yeah. You just, you feel like you are in a different world. You really do. It, it's, it's both. 
it's both old and, you know, modern at the same mm. time in its own sort of way. You know, you, you get this intre- incredible sense of just of history and, you know, everywhere you walk, there's a different scent. You know, there's a different color, a different sound that you're hearing. It's just so immersive and so intoxicating. It's perfection. Did you watch uh, Treme on HBO? Oh, sure. On? Absolutely. That made me really want to go there because I love the creator of that did The Wire. So I was like, oh, I got to watch this. And it just between and then um, anytime like Anthony Bourdain goes there, I'm like, I end up watching those episodes. I'm like. God, I need to go there. <laughs> well, and aside from that, the food is just Yeah, incredible. that's what I'm after. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, I love – we live in like – you know, you're in Chicago and like uh, just being in or near a food city is just everything. I It wasn't until I met my now wife I became like a fucking food snob. It's it's bad. Oh, I love food. Yeah, it's it's – it's really bad. Like we went, we had restaurant. We 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 had one of our restaurant weeks this year, and we have like friends, and we were talking to one of our friends. Like, wow, we've gone to restaurant week every year for four years together. This is great, and we just <laughs> three course meal and same thing, just sitting around and talking, having exactly. a chance to exactly. Yes, you just you unplug, you know, and you connect yes. with people, and you know, share great food, and you know, it's I love it. It's there's just nothing better than it. Um, Oh, well, I, I know you're not, you're a little under the weather today, which you don't sound it, so I give you credit. <laughs> well, bless the people who make my cold medicine. Yeah. <laughs> and the it's bourbon. It's either them or the bourbon. I don't know which, but. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, like, where could, like, people uh, find you online? Uh, just go to theunwritablerant.com. It has everything. It has the podcast. It has my book. It has essays. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you will get exclusive access to all sorts of content outside of the podcast. I've started sending out videos, uh, doing, you know, kind of like uncratings of new whiskey bottles that I'm trying. Ooh. So it's, uh, it's kind of cool. Any alcohol companies out there? I don't know why you're not sponsoring this show. <laughs> just saying yeah, you know i will say when i announced i put a thing on twitter i'm like oh i'm having uh this is when david was coming on i'll do one for you uh tonight but i was like having david from the unwritable rant on and people i didn't know just started responding oh god i love that show i'm like and that doesn't happen to me a lot so i was like oh i, I love like, that i was like all right and this i was like this wasn't even like the host so i was like wow so you, you guys have a fan base out there. It, it's great. And um, well, thank you I couldn't so much, be Kwan. more thankful for that. I mean, just that people are listening and that, you know, like you having me on. I mean, I really I love this. Thank you so much. for oh, that. Yeah. You know what I, I can tell you what happened was one day uh, it was David tweeted. He's like, I like your show. I'm going to listen. So I was like, oh, that's really nice. Uh, I should look at their show. And then I was like, oh, my God. The, girl, the woman who created the, the showrunner for the Muppets, and, and that was it. The Potter and family community, aren't they just the nicest people? They, I swear, I tell everybody who's getting started in podcasting, look up Potter and family and just get to know people, listen to their podcasts. What an incredible thing, you know? I mean, just this this whole supportive group of people who really genuinely just want to help each other. I have friends, I've, I've made friends all over the world because of yes. this. Yes, yes, for my sure. Mind. Yeah, like, you know, you talk sometimes for an hour, but then when you always just, just, you're just cheerleaders for everyone, and everyone, it's just, it's so wonderful, and I, I, I it makes me happy. Like, when the world is going to hell sometimes, I, I, I can get very sentimental about things. I'm like, you know what? There are good people out there. Even if it's just like, hey, good show. I'm like, yeah, it is. I know, you know, I around. never got anything like this, you know, as a writer. You know, writers are very kind of testy, you know, <laughs> keep to yourself kind of people. And I admit it, I am too. I'm not, you know, much of a cheerleader. But once I got immersed in this whole Potter and Family thing, 
all of a sudden I'm like, wow, you know what? These are such cool, creative people. They're, they're going out of their way on their own time to, you know, make these great shows and come up with content. I mean, it's a lot of work doing a podcast. So, you know, I'm constantly amazed by the dedication of everybody that I've met. All right. Have a good rest of your night. Uh, thank you so much. You too. If you've heard the dreadful tale of the Baudelaire orphans in a series of unfortunate events, then you know their story is to be avoided at all costs. But if you choose to delve into this yarn of terrible circumstances, treacherous situations, and despicable men who seek to steal the riches of orphans, then seek out the Unfortunate Associates podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you find podcasts. Every week, myself, Tyler, and my co-host, B, discuss the series of unfortunate events, books, films, and now the Netflix original series. Here's a clip of what you can expect when you tune in to Unfortunate Associates. And there's sort of this running gag saying how awful it is not to use a coaster when you put a drink down on a wooden table. Like, finding a coffee ring on a table becomes shorthand for Olaf's oh, right, right. being here. I love the, like, the horrible thing he does in two is, like, blow his nose on the curtains. It's like, that's so gross, but also... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, I forgot about she, that. She yeah. goes into his room and d- discovers with horror <laughs> that he's blown yeah. his nose. That's such a hilarious detail. 